Hello Rebels, before we kick off today's episode, let me ask you a question. What if we could help you unlock your marketing superpower in one day or less? Actually, to be precise, I mean three hours. Yes, you heard it right. What I'm asking you is three hours of your time to join us for a brand new intensive experience on Marketing Deep Dive. One day masterclass that will help you create marketing strategies that capture hearts and mind. And every single masterclass is going to dive deep into one of our favorite topics of marketing. Maybe that email marketing, hiring, or even automations and beyond. If you want to get the fast track ticket to become irresistible, then I suggest you check out our upcoming marketing deep dive, where you're going to get two hours of hands-on training with lots of exercises and practical group work as well. Plus one hour bonus office hours and Q&A. Oh, and we also have a personalized dashboard and bonus templates to help you apply what you learn in our three hours. And just to put a little bow on it, you also get a certificate of completion to show up wherever you can see. If you'd like to find out what is coming up next and which one is our next marketing deep dive, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash masterclass. There you'll be able to find our schedule with our upcoming masterclass for you to join. On with today's show. Welcome to Alt Marketing School. We are proudly bringing together a new wave of marketers, just like yourself. We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab and I'm your host. May the class begin. Hello, squirrel friends, and welcome back to Old Marketing School. Today, I am not alone. You have three seconds to give me three guesses of who's here with me today. Think three, two, one, reveal yourself. Hi. <laughs> Today we're back to talk about news. And Jess already threw me a curveball, so thank you very much, Jess, because I like where I like where, I like where she went. And actually, you know what? Since she has such a great idea, I'm gonna now reflect it back to her. So I don't know if you were ready for it to kind of backfire so quickly today. But since this month so much has happened over the past month and I was kind of struggling to figure out what would be the best thing to chat about and then something jumped at me that this is one of the recent ones and this is what Jess suggested why don't we start with this why don't we start with Clubhouse and she said well since Clubhouse is concerned because it is concerned about the fact that they don't know if they're going to keep on going why can we not put our little founder hats on and see if we can help them what we would do if we were the founders so Jess, I'm going to start with you. What would you do if you were one of the co-founders of Clubhouse and you found yourself concerned about the future of the app? Yeah, I mean, we were all on the Clubhouse train. I loved it when it first came out. Oh my goodness. Like, And I had so I heard so many success stories of small businesses and service-based founders who made a killing from Clubhouse. They got such good results from it financially and they got really hot leads but now as we've come out of the pandemonium and (coughs) it's just not as relevant so 
here's what I would do. And I, I, I thought about this ages ago when I was like, oh, Clubhouse, when I was using it, I was like, oh, but I really want to be able to do this. So I would start by updating the chat feature. So when I, when, when I've been, I haven't been on there for ages, but when I used to be on Clubhouse, I would get really annoyed that I couldn't just send someone a link that they could click and they could stay in Clubhouse, but they could open the link and see what I was discussing. So I would update the chat feature as well. But I would then, outside of that, I would think bigger picture and I would look at making Clubhouse a feature for maybe internal teams. So you know how there's Slack and there's Asana. They're fine, but they're a bit boring. Clubhouse might be fun and if they could think about ways to use it for these as a replacement for Slack or Asana as an internal comm system, it might be a good opportunity there because that's what I would do. I'd look at pivoting it to something else. Founders, marketing teams, so you're listening of Clubhouse. I know you are with Mark, with Adam, with the Pinterest team. Hi, kids. Take note. I love that. And I'll tell you what, Jess, actually, I had a similar thought. So as you see, there's a lot of pivoting in there. But for me, it was slightly different, but similar. I thought somebody was asking to have a chat before a podcast. And I also recommend it if I don't know the person. And usually you will send a Zoom or I also use Whereby, which is quite a cool tool that is a bit less fluffy than Zoom. But it's not even like I need to see their faces. I don't mind it, but I'm like, sometimes maybe, you know, I'm having 17 calls. And actually twice during, again, the, the pandemics, I actually did use Clubhouse because I was, again, as you say, even I was on Clubhouse, I was a bit more active. And I used it because I was like, why don't we just jump on Clubhouse to have a, a phone call or an audio conversation? So I agree. I think that also that market could be an interesting one. The market of actually, you know, take you know, reclaim the phone calls, reclaim the audio conversations, but also with leads or with potential clients or potential guests is a nice alternative when you're like, I can be asked to actually, I don't know, move into the other room. And I know that you will understand more than any other people when you're having a bad moment or a bad couple of hours and you're just like, just want to chill. And you're like, well, you know, a quick audio is a lot different and a lot easier. So I'm piggybacking on the back of your great idea. And you just reminded me of something that I thought about a while ago. I was like, well, if Clubhouse was marketed or was presented like that, then probably we'll use it again. I would suggest some people to jump on a Clubhouse chat instead of a Zoom or something else. Because I think once you have the option of the video, people feel almost like prompted or they, or they justify themselves for not having the video on. If the video is removed, you don't have to worry about it. So that's my hot take. I love that. And it's different than just a phone call because if it was more catered to businesses, you'd be able to record the conversation. It'll be there for 24 hours to take notes on. Maybe it can like partner up with a app, uh, like a take note taking app, uh, like otter.ai. They're a scribing app, transcri like a transcription app. So if they pivoted to work for businesses, I would definitely jump back on Clubhouse as well because I think it's a really useful tool. And if they could somehow integrate networking, that would be great as well. That's true, actually. I think that's another thing that could be really interesting is just the fact of actually adding or re the element of networking in a way I think that is almost like, then again, this is us putting at on, but 
you know, harnessing better your current network instead of having to worry about kind of almost kind of finding a new network. Because I feel that that was one of my, I want to hear your opinion as well. That was one of my blocks a bit on Clubhouse, which was like, I need to rebuild an audience here. And it was okay, but I was also like, I just don't want to. And if you can harness your current audience in a different way, then it's so much better. That was my personal thing. I know, as you say, some people aced it. That's all they did and they moved people to Clubhouse. But I just find that the user gets tired or overwhelmed when you do that as well. It's so tiring and overwhelming trying to grow a new fan base on a different platform. In the beginning, it's really tough. But if you could take away the you don't have to grow a following to network, like I, as a business, my own business, I get the client when I get them on a phone. So without having to even look for clients, if I could just get them on the phone without without with cutting out all that middle mush, Clubhouse would be amazing if we had that. <laughs> Clubhouse, Clubhouse, if you're listening, we, we we got you. Just 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 give us a chat. Just just drop us a DM or just drop us a message. I can put you in touch. We can have a you know brainstorm with the three of us and we can sort it out. We got you. We got you. It's awesome. To be honest, though, you know what? It's interesting. Last time we talked, you <laughs> said about how social media or more social platforms are going for a very slow, very slow, but still inevitable death. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because one of the platforms has been having a lot of updates that have raised a lot of conversations about its future is obviously, unsurprisingly, Instagram. And I've seen a lot of people actually going all in with their like, Instagram is dead, boom. And it's interesting because then I see, for example, I don't see the happening on LinkedIn or on Twitter. So I think it's just literally because Instagram is trying to become TikTok and then kind of almost like losing some of the features that we love the most. But um, I love it because we talked about it last time. We're like, "Mm, where are they all going? And it's interesting to see a couple of things that Instagram is doing that it's just, my opinion, is confusing the users even more. And I don't know if you have seen them. I, again, on LinkedIn, of all places, I've seen so many conversations from marketers or business owners or professionals being a bit fed up for the first time and being like, actually, will I do it? Will I not? Will I only do video for going forward? So I wanted to hear like your hot take about a couple of these things. One of these was actually, you can now pin your top posts at the top of your profile. And that made me question also the redundancy almost of your grid in one way or another. So I don't know. Tell me a couple of your thoughts. There's been a lot going on, good, bad, and ugly when it comes to the gram. And I want to see what what's up. There's been so many changes since we last spoke as well. Like, it feels like Instagram has become a whole new app since we last spoke, especially with more and more. And with I'm seeing more and more people coming out and saying Instagram is dead. I hate Instagram. I don't know what I'm doing on this app. I'm so overwhelmed. It's still great for business. It really is. But I personally found, like, I'm really good at Instagram. And my content's doing really bad. <laughs> like, it is. There's no point in me doing a grid post anymore. It just doesn't doesn't hit it like it used to. I've even repurposed a top-performing grid post that I have. Repurposed over and over again. I did it really recently. Cricket. And I was like, oh, that was my... That was my backup post. That's my I know I'm going to get engagement post. What? So it's definitely, that's just my personal experience, but I've seen it with other users. And as you were saying, I've seen a lot of conversations on LinkedIn happening saying, yeah, 
no one's happy with Instagram right now. The feature, the pin feature, I think is good and bad. So you can also pin, I, you can also pin on TikTok as well. That's been a feature for so long, so long. You can pin uh, three videos to the top of your TikTok. And what I suggest with pinning is don't just put your best performing work at the top because that's already telling your audience, this is as good as it, as it gets. I've peaked. I've peaked. This is my best shit. It only goes downhill from here. Where what I would do, <laughs> what, I would, what I would do instead is pin videos to say on TikTok, use it like your highlights. So on Instagram, who I am, how to work with me, and then maybe something funny. Or the pin feature on TikTok also gives that content you've pinned a little boost. So it pushes it out a bit more if you've pinned it. And I would revolve those pins every like six months to make them make sense to who you are every six months refresh it now on instagram they've just kind of given us a pin now you can do pins as well and i don't know how many i've pinned the, the post i pinned to the top of my feed was like explaining who i am so it was like a hi my name's this and i had like uh, little bubbles around my head saying fun facts about me um so that's what i would recommend pinning to your grid now that kind of makes you think our highlights going to be ditched like if we can now pin content what's going on with highlights what's the purpose of that anymore does anyone even use their highlights strategically i know a lot of people just forget about them they've got like really old content in there i personally recommend your instagram highlights should uh, replicate the sections of your website like a mini one so about me how to work with me my video, something, anything like that, PR. Uh, I, I'm enjoying the feature, but I, I can't see it like doing anything uh, magical. It's just nice to have it, basically. Yeah. Thanks, Instagram, for the pin. But like, what does it do? And then, yeah, it comes down to the grid. So I'm such a advocate of nobody cares what two posts on your grid looks like next to each other you're the only person that looks at it over and over again no one else is really hanging out on your grid i think as long as you have some some kind of synchronicity with your branding and it looks like you and it was fine it doesn't matter if you've got an asset next to an asset next to a picture of you like checkable grids are done <laughs> you don't need to stick to it just make sure you've got some kind of flow i think i read in the article that they're also going to make it so you can move your grid around by holding on a picture and popping it somewhere else but that's just another thing to think about um then are we pushing the then it might be aesthetic again we have to focus on what the grid looks like it's weird i don't know when it comes to that actually i'm wondering whether it's again almost an extension of the pin post in a way would it be you can reorder them from aesthetic or you can reorder them more from a strategic point of view. Let's say you relaunched an old product or service if you're a service-based business and you actually want to move or you have a lot of new followers. So you move at the top, as you say, a bit like the pin post. That's why I'm like, guys, we're kind of like 
doing the same thing twice almost. And I love that you mentioned the highlights because I completely forgot about them. Um, to be honest, um, something that in 2020 and 2021, we saw by doing these podcasts every single week, we were able to see a lot of changes. And what we have seen is like the flourishing of new, not even feature, new formats. That was a big one. Features still keep happening. Instagram is on fire, but new formats came out in 2020, 2021. And it was almost like this story that I tell about one of my friends at uni telling me, I know the pasta is ready when it sticks to the wall. And I was like, oh God, you're not a real Italian, are you? It was half Italian, bless him. It made me laugh. But that's the thing. You literally try and throw every feature of the wall and see which one stick. And that's what has happened. And now people are confused. But to me, is probably not the smartest. But it's a natural progression of you added guides. You added highlights. You added this. What surprises me when it comes to the overall Instagram conversation, just to wrap it up with a bow, is obviously this new immersive feed that the world hates and it makes for perfect memes. But also, in seriousness, one of the things that makes me wonder, and actually I was talking to the alumni uh, the other day, we have our monthly chats with our students and alumni uh, from the course, and uh, we were talking about what we think is the place for this new feed. And one of them were like, well, actually looking at stories is not as easy, or finding stories is not as easy as it used to be. And in my head, I'm like, that is literally one of the most sought-after features that even TikTok couldn't figure out. Why are you touching it? Why are you hiding it? Why are you trying to get rid? Why? I I don't get it. I don't get it. Why? Rant over. Stories is the best. Stories is such a good feature, and it's what all the other apps try and replicate. LinkedIn tried it. Facebook tried it. TikTok tried it. It's not. It's Instagram's like main feature. And I did a I did a poll on my own Instagram the other day saying when you open the app what do you use more do you scroll the grid or do you look at stories and i had like 80 percent of people say stories no one's really scrolling the grid anymore so if they get rid of it i think they're getting rid of it because they want people to be on the grid but why well i think it goes back i think to uh, the whole idea of obviously trying to kind of push videos which means at the end of the day once again a bit from a user intent perspective, trying to become TikTok, and I just don't understand why. Um, I'll tell you something that one of our alumni mentioned, which was really, really clever or really interesting. And they were like, "Well, will it come to a, pl- a place where I have to, where I'm going to choose, or am I going to literally have the same carbon copy, like replication of one platform onto the next because I can repurpose the content?" You know, the user intent is not fully different, but also it's not exactly the same. But at the end of the day, you know, it's not like, you know, you say LinkedIn is professional and TikTok is more fun. Instagram and TikTok can actually mirror each other a lot more. So that's the last thing that I'm going to say on this. And the last thought, which I would love to see what you think is, you know, if they really become the copy of each other, because Instagram now is not even pretending they're not doing it anymore. Because what is the point, you know, at the end of the day, if that's what you're doing, you know, what would happen? You know, w- would you just follow the creators where they're at? As a creator, would you just choose one? Because I, I think it's going to be interesting to see the evolution of that if they really become the copy of each other. If they become the copy of each other, one will win. One will be the reigning survivor and everyone will kind of migrate over. If Instagram can stay in its lane and 
keep continue to give their audience what they want, then I think we'll have two platforms that you can create content, separate content for both. Um, I found I'm getting so every personally when I open Instagram, the app, let's say I open it like three to four times a day, I might have like five or six notifications. It's just plummeted. But when I open TikTok, I have 99 plus notifications every time I open it, and that it's it's reach, its algorithm is serving me and my side of content much better. I love making the videos. I'm really getting into doing TikTok and I've been focusing on that for the last like six weeks and it's paying off. Where with Instagram, I don't know what my audience wants from me anymore. I'm trying to give them what used to work. As I said, that hasn't hit it. Okay, I'll repurpose a TikTok video over here. That doesn't hit it. Okay, I'll use a trending real sound. That might hit it. The only thing that's personally working for me on Instagram right now is stories. That's it. And it's working really well. And I'm still having amazing conversations. Stories and DMs on Instagram are my the only thing that's keeping me on that platform. I love having their DM features really good. I enjoy it a lot. Story features really good. But the dopamine hit from the notifications when I upload a new post, and I know it's a me problem, it's not an Instagram problem. I need to redefine what content works well over there. And it's just taking a bit longer, but I don't know. One, if they turn into carbon copies of each other, one will win. I think that's what's happened. To be honest, first of all, thank you for being quite open about it as well, because I think you actually have probably spoken what a lot of people are thinking, which is like, I try everything and it doesn't work. And when you are a marketer or when you have a marketer mindset, let's say maybe marketing is one of the things you do, even if you're not like ourselves, which is pretty much what we do day in and day out. At some point you switch into that kind of experimentation and you're like, okay, things keep on changing, then I'm going to change with them. And if something doesn't work, I will have to accept that I'll need to move on to what makes more sense. And it's hard because it's humbling, but also it's tiring and sometimes it's frustrating. So I, I totally understand and Actually, there's one thing about TikTok, just moving into TikTok, there's been quite a lot from these fellas happening. But one slightly older thing that I really enjoyed, I call it thing because it's not really a piece of news. TikTok came out with their own name for content. Like instead of user-generated content, they call it, one second, because it, it kind of reopened my little dashboard, but it was something like community-generated entertainment, I think which I really loved. So that was kind of like move away user-generated content, which usually is creators that work with brands or, you know, maybe like reusing your customers or clients' content. It's almost like TikTok is like actually what, it almost tells me what the intent of the platform is in a way or another, even when it's education, even when it's maybe more inspiring. There's still an element of entertainment. There's still an element too of like quick and easy to digest and I, I love the cheekiness of being like, this is how we are connecting community, culture, and brands through our content. And I, I kind of like the boldness because it means TikTok knows what they're doing. And this is more, again, than a piece of news. It's just a statement they made. But I really liked it because I can see the difference between it's not just user-generated, it's actually community-driven content. And they own that. And this is my little. And Becca, who obviously was with us before, who might be listening, she will be like, Fab eventually went to the other side. <laughs> TikTok! But I never said I hated it. I'm, I just naturally would gravitate towards Instagram more at the beginning because that's what I'm used to. 
but I see TikTok for what it is and I enjoy it for that. And I think the fact that they're owning it more really shows that they have the strength to actually give us a bit more confidence that if we show up there, as you say, we're going to get something out of it. That's one of those things. You actually mentioned, Jess, by the way, uh, something that you found out about TikTok, like a new a new little thing, a new little feature. Can you explain to us what it is? There's quite a few, but we're going to start with yours. Yeah, so they, TikTok and Instagram are definitely just copy each other at the moment, but they have always had the save feature and they've just put it on the scroll. So when you scroll past the video, you're going to have three engagement options. You have the option to like, to comment, and now to save. And you can actually see how many, you know how you can see how many likes the comments are, things have got. You can now see how many saves it's got as well. It used to be that information was just privy to the, the creator, but now followers can see how many saves it's had as well, which is really good because if you've got even, if you've got a number down there, it promotes other people to save it too. It's just nice having another engagement feature to track um, saves, obviously, not obviously. When we're looking at metrics, saves is one that shows this is really good. I want to watch this later. And having that data is great for a creator because then you know, oh, they they, they love this so much they want to watch it again a bit later. That's really good data to have. Um, but also by not being, by being so kind of, open having that save number right there is something really different for for a brand like this but for a social media where instagram everything's like really hidden you have the option to hide your likes you have you never see how many shares or saves something's got openly where tiktok is showing that number and promoting you to click the save button so i think it's gonna i hope it stays because it's really helpful from a data perspective I see how it's different. That I like a lot, the fact that you can actually see it because it's a strong intent. And the thing about TikTok is I think because of, I'm going to tell you something, because of the immersive feed, which I love the fact that everybody hates it on Instagram. However, that's what we love about TikTok, right? Because obviously, again, the user intent is different, right? But because of the immersive feed, even a like on TikTok, even if maybe not as um, as much of a strong intent, there's still more intent there than on Instagram. If you know what I mean, if somebody likes a TikTok, it's kind of like, it's a bit more intentional and it really shows something. Whereas on Instagram these days, as you said, is sometimes it's almost like a second thought. Um, and I love that because it almost gives you the different layers of interaction or interest from the audience. And as you say, the different reason, is it because they resonate with the content? Fine. Is it that they got something to say about the content with the comments? Great. Or is it that they found it valuable enough or inspiring or whatever it is? And also I think, you know what it is in my opinion as well, because why, why would they put it public when nobody else does? TikTok at its core, something in the Becca told me way back when, so thank you back again, is that, you know, TikTok has the monkey sees, monkey does sort of like attitude. So they're not, there's no like a shame in actually replicating content of trends, you know, as long as you're giving your own spin. So the fact that people are saving the content maybe to use some of the trends or kind of like replicate the ideas with their own take, it's something that is natural to the platform it's always been since day one. So that's why I can see they're like, you know, it doesn't matter creators know that they all work with each other or feed off each other. So I, I'm really happy about it. And also, as you say, from a data perspective, whether you work with creators, whether you're looking to improve your own content, 
is is a lot easier also because it shows you what people are liking from other creators or brands like yourself. They're not just liking, actually saving, which is such an invaluable thing when you're doing market research. So I like it. Thank you. She brought us a little golden nugget. Thank you. A couple more things actually happening. There is one thing that I want to flag because it happens once or twice a year, which is TikTok is actually a series of made for TikTok marketing tips. And I do recommend it. So if you're new to TikTok, you'll find it all in the uh, in the show notes on the website because that's the longer show notes. So you'll find actually the links in there. Uh, we'll put the link to what it talks about. But it's really, really nice because the copywriter and TikTok creator, Shannon Field, host it and then she talks it's like a almost like a talk show and it's really nice because it actually feels quite natural quite tiktok like but it also teaches you how to use tiktok and it's very well done so there's something i wanted to mention if you feel that you're not sure how you're making the most of tiktok check it out because it's a great little series that they're relaunching as well so it's made for tiktok series i'll put the link in the show notes for the website and another thing I wanted to say as well was that TikTok is also launching live subscription programs, which is interesting because I find that Twitter is trying to do the same thing with some of these like Twitter subscriptions and creation and Twitter blue. I think it's a bit more of a struggle because Twitter has got a, such a niche audience and niche creators. And because of that, they have to be quite broad. And honestly, from the data I've seen, it's not been that of an uproar success, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Jess is like, yeah, Twitter, that thing. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, Jess, it's okay. Um, but I'm interested about this, actually, because I personally don't consume lives on TikTok or I don't watch them because a lot of the ones that I get recommended terrify me as well, to be honest. Maybe it's my problem. But I guess there is like a big, there's a much bigger um, following and a much bigger interest in that than on other platforms. So do you watch any lives on TikTok or are you just like me and you get worried or weird algorithm stuff? I don't, I, it's really rare for me to jump in and watch a live on TikTok, but I'll tell you about the few times I have. So I think I watched, like in lockdown, I was doing it, watching the lives, it was great. Didn't care what anyone was doing. I needed the related, I needed it. But recently, I've, I was watching a small business uh, do a live, and she was doing a product haul and showing her product. I think she only had three people in the live. I'd been following her page for a little while. We'd already been chatting a little bit in the DM. And it was that live that prompted me to purchase one of her products. And she only had three people watching the live, so I can imagine that as a creator, that number can make you feel like, oh, what am I doing this? But she got a few sales from it which is huge in the beginning and I think live especially with the amazing immersive shopping experience that TikTok has nailed live can really transform can you can have a really good sales day from doing a live even if that means three extra sales for some people that might be their whole week has changed their whole month has changed so I think from a I enjoy watching them because it really feels like as long as it, when it feels like someone's talking directly to me, I'm there. Um, I was there enough to purchase the product that I've been eyeballing for a little while anyway. Reverse it. I did my first ever TikTok live um, about three weeks ago now. I didn't promote it. I just, I just said I want to try it myself. And I went live and I actually made money. I made like 
0.01 cent. <laughs> but that's because someone who was watching me sent me that money in a like uh, feature they have. And I was like, oh my God, that's never happened before from any content that I've made. I've never made money through the app for content that I have created. And that felt really rewarding. And I, I was doing like a 20 minute live talking about a social media strategy case study that I'd created and teaching people how they could replicate it. It was a bit messy and chaotic because it was my first one, but I made money through the app. And I was just like, whoa, it wasn't loads, but it, it's something more than any other social media network has ever given me for showing up. So yeah, that's, that's my experience with TikTok Live. First of all, yay. Little, little, little claps, little celebration claps. Well done. And you know what? I not, not to take out of the gorgeous experience that you provided, even if you said it was messy, but I'm sure it wasn't. But also, I also genuinely believe that TikTok's audiences are a different type of audience and a different type of loyalty. Like they really want to support the creators. I'm not saying that Instagram doesn't, but I think there's, it's a bit weirder and bless if you use Instagram a lot, I'm not trying to be snarky, but there is an element a bit more like entitlement to free content and to get content all the times. Not for everyone, but a lot more than TikTok, whereas TikTok is is kind of primed that way. That's how I see it. I don't want people to be like, no, I don't mean it in a snarky way. I'm just being really honest with what I'm seeing with the behaviors of people on TikTok where there's a lot more of that show, like tips and sharing and recognizing and really supporting the creators that are on the platform because they put a lot of work into it. So it shows, it shows. So well done. And one more thing I'm going to mention, actually, on the note of live shopping, because you mentioned the power of it. In episode one, oh, one second, 103, yeah, 103 with uh, Justin Moore, if you check it out, it's all about the creator economy and it is great, by the way, it's, it's a great fun. But we talk about different elements and different changes because he's been doing this for seven years working as a creator. And he talks a lot about the live shopping experience. He uses Amazon mainly, but not only. And he says how many sponsorships he has got from brands when it comes to that because of the power of the live shopping. First of all, is it's easy for them to do, it's fun, it's a different experience, but also it showcases the product. And at the same time, it also allows them to actually make more money and also build that trust. So even from a brand perspective, if you're selling products or other things, I can see also the live shopping integrated from some of the good platforms um, to be like a way forward. I'm not sure if it's going to be the same for Instagram because Instagram tried and set up a few features to facilitate it. I just haven't seen it taking it off as much. And I again, it could be a case of almost, I think because we had so many lives on lockdown, my fear is also that now we're almost kind of bypassing them a bit more on the platform, um, which is a shame because I genuinely think live shopping is going to become bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, it's it's so good on TikTok and it's so easy because as you're let's say you're on a live and you're promoting your product to purchase the product a pop-up comes up you're still watching the live you can go to checkout you can pay and you're still watching the live and it's done it's such a smooth easy experience where on Instagram it's just not there I know they've got the shop if you run a business you can have your shop on there and you can tag your product and someone could buy it but it's not an immersive experience I know, and are we asking for Instagram to be more immersive? No, we like it how it is, but 
I don't know, I've never purchased anything on Instagram. Never. I've only purchased surface-based stuff through a link, swipe-up mm. link in a Don't, story because it feels authentic and we talked about it last time as well and I think it's, it's just as you said it's just the intent of the platform and I think until the platform figures out what it wants us to treat it as we're gonna have to do our best to use it the way that we think it's almost like the way that we think it wants because yeah we have to remember that as users we will adapt but when the platform is not clear about how can we make the most of it and you cannot expect the audience to make that choice for you this is me being again a bit a bit harsh but it's the truth and um that's kind of how i see it and one more thing to talk about today to close up we talked about so many things we've been swimming through like beautiful mermaids mermaids um but one more thing because i'm excited about it and it's on tiktok still and that is the fact that over the last month tiktok eventually allowed most platforms to automatically post content on tiktok and I'll tell you why I love it. You don't have to do it for everything. And for some of it, it's also important to post natively. However, if you have a podcast like ourselves, it means that if you're posting a couple of TikToks a day and you have like talking head content that maybe you already did the captions and stuff, oh, it's so much nicer. <laughs> I wouldn't use it for everything, but I like the fact that for some of our content now, we don't have to worry about posting it uh, like, like with, with notifications we can just kind of come in and it's going to go out when it goes out. So I'm quite happy about it. I think I will still use it as a hybrid version. I wouldn't necessarily only schedule everything because you like to use some of the trends and some of the stuff. That's my take on it. And I wanted to ask you, so this is what I would do, having some talking head content or some pre-recorded content, just make sure that you have the captions done and then it can really save you time. Podcasts are a great example of that or repurposing YouTube content. Uh, what about yourself? Did you see this and... Would you use it? And in which cases would you use it or not? Or would you never use it or such? I'll tell you a story about a client of mine. So we are, we are, she's got a really lovely large community on Instagram at the moment, over 20K. She's growing them organically. She's really happy with them. And we've been creating a lot of talk to camera reels for her Instagram. They do really well. They get like 300 plus likes and really good engagement, loads of shares. People are loving it. I said to this client, she's fine. She'll let me call it out. She, I don't think she'll list this anyway. <laughs> but I said to her, we need to start thinking about TikTok. We're in a really good place with Instagram at the moment. And she said, can't you just take all my talk to camera videos, my advice, and repurpose them on the TikTok? I said, yes, I can. But... If we don't also do some TikToky things and nod, give a nod to, I'm on this app and I'm engaging and I know what you're talking about over here, I'm inside the joke, ain't gonna grow. Yes, I can do that, but it, it will feel really robotic and mechanical and it's not, you're not gonna be creating an engaging place for a community, you're just reposting your real TikTok. Unfortunately, with social media and growing an engaged community, there are no shortcuts. The only shortcut there might be is reposting to Pinterest as idea pins. That's the only shortcut I've found so far with short form content. Do that. It's really good. <laughs> I'll say as long, uh, you know, for as long as it works, that's my only thing when it comes to these. Like as long as like Pinterest is not like, well, you had fun doing that, didn't you? It's now over. Uh, but you know, Pinterest is very underrated. People, listeners love, know that I love it because it's very underrated. But no, I agree. And thank you for mentioning that. 
I think is is really, really important. I love the fact that you can combine, if anything, for TikTok. That, again, this is my like final take on, on this point, is that because a lot of us have to post more and there's still that consistency that is almost like we're giving ourselves some, cutting ourselves some slack on other platforms these days because we're like, even on Instagram, it's not worth it posting every day anymore. We ain't got the energy. But TikTok still rewards that consistency so it can help if people do have some content that is recorded or some extra content and they want to be a bit more consistent without constantly pushing content like fresh straight on. But I would agree with you. I would still have a really high percentage of TikTok native content that is quite fresh, also reminds you to engage with your community. Um, what is nice for platforms like Later as well is that it's not just you can publish, but you can also check comments now. You can also check things within the app, which means you might, if you don't want to scroll on TikTok, you just want to comment and engage and reply, it gives you that option. So there are a couple of other benefits within that and also better analytics. So, so good, that's so good. When I first start working with clients, I make us start on desktop. I say, delete the app from your phone. Our first month, it depends on their relationship. Usually I say, our first month is completely on desktop because I need you to see your social media as a business. Put that business hat on. And then we can put it back on your phone when you're like out of this scroll life. <laughs> Mindless scrolling life. That's, that's, and again... I, th I think you we have to remember that when you, again, when you are in the business or when you're marketing is one of the main things you do, if not your job, at some point you will have to make that choice for your well-being to separate. But for some people that maybe, you know, do it for different companies or maybe do it for their own companies, a small business, it's still hard. And I love the fact that you're actually kind of re-educating them to re-reset those boundaries because trust me, I know myself as well, how hard it can be to remind people of that. Like, you know, if you do on this index, so things are going to change and then you're going to be able to get back to it in a much more mindful way. So I absolutely love that. Thank you, Jess. I think we did. We, we did good. We covered a lot of things. I mean, dear listener, I hope you took notes. If not, not to worry. There will be notes in the show notes and also on the website. So go and check us out. In the meantime, uh, I want to first and foremost announce, <coughs> cough, uh, that uh, our digital, uh, sorry, fundamentals, that's the one, Introduction to Digital, Digital Fundamentals course is coming in July. And I also want to announce that we're going to have a couple of guest teachers that are entering, one of which I can't say the name, but it's kind of here and it's not me. <laughs> so three guesses on which one it would be. Um, so if you want to learn more about how to connect online, uh, and learn more from Jess's wisdom. She's also going to join us, which I'm really excited to officially welcome you to the faculty as well. So thank you for being here with me. And if people have other questions for you in the meantime, before they join us for the course, where should they go? Remind them where should they go to ask all the goodness to you too. So I still am on Instagram. <laughs> I'm joking. Instagram is the best place to talk to me because I love their DMs. It's the best place to connect with me and start a conversation. Um, it's just my full name, Jessica.Sophia.Bruno. Thank you so much for listening. Head to allsmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spend the love on Instagram at Alt Marketing School. Until next time.